Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Live Stream Sunday School for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church, Akron, Ohio. Thank you for joining me this morning. My name is Melvin Gaines. We are here now for anyone who wants to join us for Sunday School. We're here for everybody. There's no restriction whatsoever in joining us live here on our Akron Alliance Fellowship Facebook page as part of our Facebook Live presentations. We appreciate you being here. We're going to go ahead and get some music going to get started and allow people to join us, uh, jump online with us. The anthem from the Full Gospel Baptist Church Fellowship International. <laughs> that's, a, that's a long name. Full Gospel Baptist Fellowship Mass Choir, um, the anthem. So let's uh, hear some music, and we thank you for being here this morning. Amen. Good morning, Laura. Good morning, Arlen. Good morning, Brother Roscoe. Morning, Ronnie. Amen. We appreciate you being here this morning. Bring your coffee, and your Bibles, and electronic devices. New study today. Morning, Jasper. Jasper, excuse me. Amen. Amen. can sing on your own, by the way. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Thank you for joining us today. It's a wonderful Sunday morning. Very, very nice out. Enjoy it, because it's supposed to get hot again, from what I understand. <laughs> It's supposed to get hot again. Amen. We all have to wake up every day with the attitude that the Lord loves us beyond all measure and wants us to enjoy our lives in Him. Good morning. Charles and Joanna, thank you for being here. God bless you. Good morning, Larry and Anne. Thank you so much for being here with us. Amen, amen. Good morning, Florinda. God bless you. Good morning, Jackie. <laughs> Thank you for being here this morning. Good morning, good morning. Salute, Jackie. Coffee time.
Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for being here this morning, everybody. Amen. Amen, amen. Double cup of coffee. Amen. Amen. Full Gospel Baptist Fellowship Mass Choir. The anthem. Thank you so much for being here this morning. He is worthy of our praise and worship. And we always have an attitude, not just on Sunday mornings, by the way, but every morning. Absolutely double coffee day. <laughs> that's, what you, that's right. You don't even drink coffee, I know. <laughs> but I do. Good morning, Pearl. Good morning, Walter. Thank you for being here. Coffee is good this morning. Mm. I have to admit. Amen. Very beautiful. They have an orchestra. We have an orchestra too in our church. Amen. <laughs> yes, we do. Beth Parkman, good morning. Thanks for being here. Separately, don't you? <laughs> That's okay. Good morning, nonetheless. Amen. <laughs> Have a new study today, everybody. It's going to be very good. That's going to be amazing. such a beautiful song, I tell you. And maybe a repeat, a repeat song, Arlen. Keep it in the uh, archives. Amen. Amen. 
All right, Full Gospel Baptist Church Fellowship Mass Choir. And that was uh, the anthem. And that's a beautiful, beautiful way to start our Sunday morning with the uh, idea that it's in time now to praise and worship our Lord Jesus Christ. We are here to do just that. We're going to do that through some study, going over some verses, going over some information about uh, the subject. Uh, It was going to be John. It's going to be the book of John that we're getting into. And it was uh, the more I looked at this and the more I prayed about it, it looks like uh, John and uh, the book of Acts will probably follow later on in our study. Uh, but John is a really, really good Bible to get into, Bible book, book of the Bible to get into and look at uh, what he has to say. He has a very, very consistent message uh, in his in the book. It's uh, obviously the, the go-to bi- uh, Bible book for uh, when you go to John 3:16, that's where the information about Jesus Christ is about God's love for us, and I think we need to see that from just listening to the anthem and listening to this music here about how much God truly loves us. I think we don't talk about it enough. I think we should talk about it a lot more, especially in a world where there is a lot of love that is lost, and we need to make sure that we are rein- reinforcing um, our discussion about how much God truly loves us and what he has done for us. Um, and, and not just not just on the cross, by the way. He's done so much for us even uh, in our present lives today that we need to keep that in mind as well, too. Uh, good morning, Lisa. Uh, thanks for being here this morning. We've got some announcements to make. First of all, <clears throat> we sounded an alarm this morning for um, a new page um, uh, through Facebook. And, and Arlen, uh, we... We want to make sure you're aware that it, he is just setting up a test mode for people to be able to join us online uh, at church. Um, it's, it's AAF Sunday morning. Yeah. yeah. If they're at home, if they're at home uh, and not go, able to go to church, that's going to be for people who are uh, unable to come to church. So that'll be <clears throat> something that we're, we're working on right now. <clears throat> Pardon me. So we didn't want to sound a false alarm on that. It just hasn't been set up yet completely. So it is legit. Uh, just be aware of that. We want to make sure that, uh, unfortunately, I, unfortunately, we, we have to be very careful when we put some things out, only because I get stuff all the time from people who are trying to uh, mask uh, being legitimate. And, in fact, they're just trying to find ways to get personal information from you and or money. Uh, and, and so we want to be very cautious about that. So just be aware of that. So we didn't mean to blow up Arlen's thing this morning. Um, my, my wife asked me, was that legit? And I said, no, I, I don't know what that is. So please uh, um, make a note of it. So she did that. And, and then Arlen said, oh, that's, that was his thing. So it is legit. We'll just uh, give you more information as we get closer to the actual rollout of the process. So we appreciate everybody uh, understanding that. So thank you very much. Ar- and thank you, Arlen, for working behind the scenes to get it done because um, that is a labor of love, amen. Uh, you're just doing what needs to be done to make sure everybody gets exposed to our church and has the ability to see us live in church as well, too. Which is a challenge in itself, amen, because of the acoustics and all the great stuff that we have to go through. Um, everybody's sending all these, these, what are you sending these emojis out about how you're angry you are? Don't do that. That's, <laughs> I don't know what that is. I keep seeing those. I'm like, that's not... That's not smiley face. That's angry face. Uh, 
<laughs> Unless you're really mad about something, then let me know. You know, we can have a discussion about that. Um, but having said that, we well, we haven't done anything yet for anybody to be mad, have we? <laughs> just, but that's the the. I just want to make sure that we're aware of um, you're aware of all of that. So thanks for understanding. We appreciate you. Let's make some other announcements here. Pastor Gus does have a message available here online after. Uh, after the Sunday School broadcast today, it is about Babylon, the cause of unfaithfulness. It is a continuation of his study series, excuse me, on the end times and in the book of Revelation. And he'll be diving deeper into uh, the study in Revelation. I believe he's covering chapters 17, 18, and 19. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's got more to, to talk about in, in the upcoming messages as well with that. But that is going to be available online in the Akron Alliance Fellowship timeline immediately following Sunday School. Um, and please remember your tithes and offerings. We are looking to make sure that we keep the momentum going when it comes to operating our church and having people be able to, uh, if they come to us for a benevolent issue, that we can help meet that need as well, too. <clears throat> Plus, we've got bills to pay, amen? The bills don't stop. They keep coming. I know that we've been running the air conditioning a lot at church, so that's been a real big bill. So I want to make sure that everybody is aware of that, too. We do appreciate your tithes and offerings. Whatever you can give, we, whatever amount that is, please make sure that you contribute that. If you're coming to church, drop it in the drop box in the lobby at the church. If you are not able to come to church and you want to contribute, please mail your tithes or offerings. Make it payable to Akron Alliance Fellowship Church and mail it to the church, 688 Diagonal Road, Akron, Ohio, 44320. We appreciate your help with that. And remembering that it is just a matter of, that is worship through giving. And so we always ask you to pray about those things too because we absolutely want to make sure that everybody understands that no one is compelled to do anything like that to give. It is because you've been praying about it and the Lord is giving you what you need to know to make that contribution according to how he leads you. So pay your mortgage. you pay your mortgage first, amen. You pay your bills at home first, but you make sure that you uh, are prayerful about what you set aside for uh, church giving. That's it's a it's really that simple. Not much more complicated than that. And Marquetta, hang in there. I, I hear you. That's a uh, we Wi-Fi stuff happens all the time. We appreciate you being here nonetheless. Okay, I believe we're ready to get started. We want to get into our new study today. The book of John. Uh, it's something I've never, ever taught before. I, I was going back and looking at the archives and saying, hey, I've never taught John before. <laughs> um, well, it's one of the four Gospels, and but I, I, I selected John uh, primarily because it is just so rich. The information is rich, and it would be a good idea for us to also know who John is because I, we... we take it very seriously in, in Sunday school to make sure that information is provided so that people don't walk away knowing anything, you know, just being in the same place where they were before, right? They should be able to get something out of it and get information out of it to know exactly who it is that they're reading from, what it's all about, what's happening. And the book of John is, is certainly one of those books like that. We, um, we're going to give a hat tip to gotquestions.org as we go forward, too, because on this particular subject, because they give us a very succinct description as to who John is. 
and what he is all about and what he was all about. And we want to make sure that that is also conveyed as well, too, because it's good to know in some ways if we have the information, the personality of the individual who is actually doing the writing. And granted, he was indeed inspired, as we've talked about in the uh, class about biblical inerrancy, that all of the writers in the Bible were inspired by the Holy Spirit to write down what um, what was given to them. But God used the personalities of those individuals as well, too, to convey the truth to us. So we appreciate you uh, understanding that as well, too. We, we want to make sure that everybody is involved with that. And just as a reminder, too, as I'm looking at some of the comments as well, too, it will be online. Our Sunday School will be online available later on for you for rebroadcast for anybody who wants to come back and play it if you're having trouble getting it right now. There's all kinds of reasons why there's uh, interruptions with Wi-Fi. We can't really explain that or get into all that. But uh, the bottom line is that it will be available for anyone for looking at later on today. Oh, and I do want to make a mention, too, that later today as well, too, we do have a concert. We've got a concert at church. With ice cream. With ice cream, yes. (laughs) A concert with ice cream at church later on today at 5 o'clock. That will be happening at church. So we welcome you back for the fifth Sunday. That's the fifth Sunday. So uh, there will be a praise team concert at 5 o'clock. So and come on back, be comfortable, relax, and listen to some beautiful music. Uh, we we, wel- we welcome everybody who's on this uh, call to be there as well, too. So God bless you. And um, okay, I think we've got all the announcements. I, w- I had forgotten that, and I didn't want to forget that. We're going, the, going into the book of John, and we appreciate you being here this morning. Let's go ahead and look to the Lord with a word of prayer, and we'll get started. Father, we thank you for this time that you've given us to truly just now relax calm ourselves so that we can hear you speak to us through the power of the holy spirit we welcome everyone here and even others who are coming online now that lord we pray that you'll just bless them bless them because they have a desire to hear your truth they want to learn more about you and your word they want to learn more about what you have to say to us through the power of the spirit lord may it always be what the spirit says not what any one person says or any individual says but the spirit has to be the one speaking and lord may we interpret what is being said through the spirit we thank you for your presence this morning we thank you for your teaching and we thank you for loving us loving us for who we are and yet you call for us now to go beyond that and just be holy as you ask us to do be holy as i am holy We thank you for your teaching, Lord. We give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Bring a chair. Oh, for the, uh, oh, we're going to be outside. Oh, okay, cool. All right, that's great. Bring a chair. Bring a lawn chair. All right, that's a good, uh, thanks thanks for that heads up. I appreciate that. Okay, everybody, let's turn your Bibles and electronic devices to John chapter 1. We are going to be in verses 1 through 9 today. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. We're going to look at the book of John. And, of course, this is the introductory section in John. We're going to be in this section this week and next week because um, basically the first 18 uh, verses of the book of John are an introduction uh, and gives us information about who Jesus is, uh, who John the Baptist is, and all of that. But we're covering just the first nine verses because there's so much material there. But let's start with who was John? Uh, Hat tip to... Uh, gotquestions.org, like I had mentioned to you about 
who John is because we need to know who these people are that we're studying about. We need to get as, as best as we can with the available information. You know, John was very unique of all the apostles, as you rec- might remember and know, that John was the only one of the 12 uh, apostles that was not martyred. He actually wound up over in exile. He had to kind of escape and go to the island of Patmos. And interestingly, that's where he wrote Revelation. Uh, When he was in exile on the island of Patmos, he wrote the book of Revelation. He wrote, of course, the Gospel of John, three other epistles, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. And he wrote Revelation as well, too. And so he was a a major contributor uh, to the Bible. We need to recognize that. He was part of Jesus' inner circle. That's what we tend to believe based upon the evidence that we know he was also he was part of he was there along with peter and james james was john's brother john was given the privilege of witnessing jesus's conversation with moses and elijah on the mount of the transfiguration that's in matthew chapter 17 verses 1 through 9 so he was there as part of that he got to see that as well too and he became more important over time during Jesus' ministry uh, as he matured. Because initially when he started out, he was, uh, he was not really mature, which is something was very interesting for us to see. Um, well, let me put it to you this way. He was a human being. You have to understand something. We're, right, we're, we're writing, reading about people who were human beings just like you and me. And every now and then fleshliness, fleshliness comes in, and we have to recognize that for what it is. But because he matured, he became a pillar in the Jerusalem church. Um, You know what? Turn to Galatians. Go to Galatians real quick. Chapter 2, verse 9. Galatians 2, 9. And we we are saying these things about him being pillars, one of the pillars of the church because it's actually in Scripture. Galatians 2, 9. And I'm just going to read it very quickly. This is the New Living Translation. In fact, James, Peter, and John, who were known as pillars of the church, there you go, recognized the gift God had given me, and they accepted Barnabas and me as their co-workers. They encouraged us to keep preaching to the Gentiles while they continued their work with the Jews. Okay, so we get to see that information in Scripture. And he was very active in ministering, uh, ministering with Peter. And that's going to be in Acts chapter 3, verse 1, and chapter 4, 13, and 8, 14. And he was finally exiled, like I said, to the island of Patmos by the Romans. And, and so that's how we know about Revelation. And, of course, we don't confuse uh, this John with John the Baptist. Now, I'm going to tell you something that's really important for us to understand here. We, we have today a responsibility as people in the church to make sure we're doing the teaching in Sunday school or any other means to make sure people know who it is we're talking about and what we're referring to. Um, John the Baptist is not not John, of course. It's a totally different person. Uh, He has the name of John because God gave him that name and chose that name for him when he was born, before he was born. Uh, If you go back to that uh, Zechariah and looking at the, the uh, the whole story of uh, how John the Baptist came uh, into uh, into being. And so we don't want to confuse him with John the Baptist, who was a pretty fiery individual himself, but um, the John that we're studying of is uh, the brother of James, another of the 12 disciples of Jesus. Um, together they were called by Jesus Boanerges, 
Boanerges, B-O-A-N-E-R-G-E-S, uh, which is means sons of thunder. <laughs> the sons of thunder. It almost sounds like something from auto racing or something, right? We're talking about some pretty interesting personalities. Um, so this is John and James both. And that tells us about John's personality. They're both characterized by zeal, passion, and ambition. And in the early days with Jesus, John used to act recklessly. He was, a, he was rashly, he was impetuous, he was aggressive. And that's because he loved the Lord and he wanted to see, um, you know, the majesty, the, the Lord's majesty was just coming through him and he want, they wanted to see truth. And, but the problem is, is that uh, he was trying to, in Mark chapter 9, forbid a man to cast out demons in Jesus' name because he wasn't part of the twelve. Uh, that's back in Mark in chapter 9, verses 38 through 41. But Jesus rebuked him and said that no one who cast out demons in Jesus' name could turn around and speak evil of him. He, he, couldn't, he wouldn't be successful doing so. So John had to learn that. And in Luke chapter 9, verses 51 through 54, we see that the brothers were wanting to call down fire from heaven to destroy the Samaritans who refused to welcome Jesus. Again, Jesus had to pull them aside and rebuke them for their intolerance and lack of genuine love for the lost. You see, they had to be taught, just like any other disciple uh, or apostle, a future apostle had to be taught. They had to be taught. They had to learn how to control this thing, this passion that they had for Jesus, right? And we have to all recognize those things, too, because honestly, the, the biggest lesson that we all have to have here is humility. We John had to learn humility. He had to learn how to be humble and make sure that he was not overreacting, not doing things because he wanted to see something happen just for the sake of him seeing it. So, and of course, there was that uh, instant, uh, instance where um, the mother of both uh, uh, John and James wanted to ask Jesus about both of them being seated at the right hand of the Lord and and that would cause a rift, frankly, between the others, other disciples as well, too, because there was only like two tiers of them. There was uh, the inner circle and, the, and, the, and just the rest of them. And that was in Matthew chapter 20, verses 20 through 24. Now, why is God showing us all of this stuff in Scripture? Why is, why is Jesus giving us this information? He wants us to understand <clears throat> that every one of us, even the ones that we call the pillars of the church, had to learn, had to be taught, needed instruction. Everybody who's in positions of authority in churches, they have to have the proper instruction. They have to have the proper teaching and recognize that, um, but for the grace of God, go you and me. Amen? We have to see those things. So John aged well. He got it together. He understood humility later on um, in those who desired to be great. Uh, he, he was the only one that recorded in his gospel, the disciples, uh, the, the washing of Jesus' feet uh, by the disciples as well, too. And there are some other things that we'll see as we go into the study more and more. So I want to get started. I wanted to give you that introduction, though, because I want you to see the importance of knowing and understanding who it is that we're studying. We, we have to have that information. Uh, it's helpful to know where their personalities are and what was taking place. And this book was written around 85 A.D., 85 to 90 A.D., um, before uh, John was exiled to the island of Patmos uh, by the Romans. So just gives you a time frame as to when uh, he was around and, when he, and, and, and 
how long, how old he was. <laughs> That's a pretty good uh, indication as well, too. Let's start and let's go back to John chapter 1 now. Turn your Bibles and electronic device to John chapter 1. Let's look at verses 1 through 9. We're going to start reading it, and we're going to come back and go, go back over it uh, and use the rest of the time today to cover uh, those first nine verses. And most of the content, honestly, is in the first two or three verses <laughs> because there's so much to see here. Let's go back to John chapter 1, verse 1. We're going to read from the New Living Translation. And this is essentially giving us information about uh, how God became a human. Amen. In the beginning was the Word already existed. This is the New Living Translation. In the beginning the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 2, he existed in the very beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. Amen. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Verse 6, God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Okay. So, what was John doing? What was John's purpose in writing this book? He wanted to tell everyone and make a declaration to everyone that Jesus truly was and is the Son of God. That was his entire mission for writing the book of John. He wanted to make it very clear that what Jesus taught and what he did are tied inseparably to who he is. Um, Jesus is fully human and fully God. That's what John was telling us. Now, that's a concept that you or I will always struggle with because we do not understand how someone can be fully human and fully God at the same time. And yet, only God can do something like that because we recognize that he lived in his human body he ate and slept and did all the things that we as humans do in the same manner, and yet he was still fully God at the same time. And, of course, we know that because we see the evidence of that in how Jesus went through his ministry process. We recognize that he did some things that no human being on their own could do. So he had to be fully God at the same time in order to execute something like that. Amen? So... Jesus took upon himself full humanity and lived as a man, but he never ceased to be the God who created everything, who had always existed. He is still the eternal God. He was there in the very beginning, as we understand the beginning, according to what it says in Scripture. And this is the truth about Jesus and the foundation of all truth. Do you realize that even though we may not have complete, total understanding of, of someone being fully human and fully God, we do understand it through faith. Faith is something that where we don't have all the details, we don't know the entire meaning of it. Um, unless you, I, I can't think of a great example of this too, but we all know how to drive an automobile, right? We know that we, we learn how to drive a car, and we know that we push a button or we turn the key and it starts up, and that car, when you put it in gear, it will go forward or go backward or whatever it is, right? We don't have all the understandings of how that takes place, 
because we didn't manufacture the car. We weren't there on the assembly line. We didn't do the, dry, the design drawings for it. But it doesn't matter. We know that it works. And this is very similar to how we are to look at who Jesus Christ is. We don't understand everything, but we know that he is because that's what's being declared and we have faith. If we understand truth, we believe that Jesus is Lord and therefore we have faith in him. Um, if we can't or don't believe this basic truth, we're not going to have enough faith to do what? Trust our eternal destiny on him. We're not going to have faith. Are you, are you going to, do you really believe that this Jesus that we serve does indeed have your destiny in mind? Has your destiny on his heart? How much he loves you? What he did on the cross for you? Do you believe that he is that one that does those things? And either you do or you don't, amen? You, you either believe it or you don't. And at the end of the day, it's when we talk about God's word being truth, we went through this whole study of biblical inerrancy to talk about the truth of who God is through G, who Jesus Christ is, that everything that's declared is declaring that Jesus is Lord in Scripture, and you either believe it or you don't. And so that is a matter of faith. But John put together this gospel to make sure that we understand that he is this living God that's being portrayed here. He is the eternal God, and he wants us to have faith and build our confidence in who Jesus is. So as we read the book of John, that's what John is trying to convey to us. And trust, truth, uh, hopefully, faithfully, you have that information and understand that. I want to take you to one area in John. I mean, hold your finger. Well, you're going to be at the front of John. Go to John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31. John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31. We're going to obviously get to that towards the end of the study. <laughs> but I want you to see this right now because there's one section, the last two verses. Uh, you need to see what's going on here. Um, right. The last... Last two verses in John chapter 20. The disciples saw Jesus do many other miraculous signs in addition to the ones recorded in the book, in this book. But these are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him you will have life by the power of his name. Now that's the New Living Translation. Your, your translation will say something a little bit different, but it's saying the same thing. John wrote this book so that you would believe that Jesus is Lord, the Son of God, and he is the one that you believe in to trust and trust in to experience eternal life. That's the purpose of the book. Um, he's one of the few, I don't know of any other books, frankly, that have this purpose written out in Scripture. Uh, I believe this is the only one that has that. But what great confidence you should have by looking at this. I don't believe there's any others. I think that uh, Revelation just talks about not changing the words, right? right. That type of thing. That's, that's, that, that it's in that formality, yes. Because uh, at the end of the day, you change the words around, then you're, you're messing around with what God is trying to say to you. Uh, amen? That's what you don't want to do. But John is speaking specifically about what he is saying about the purpose of this book is. And so we need to understand that that's the purpose of the book. And John is writing this to believers everywhere. Jews and non-Jews, the Gentiles. Remember, remember that thing about the pillars of the church where John was focusing on teaching the Jews, but he made sure that Paul was going out and teaching the Gentiles, encouraging him as well too. So that's what we need to see here. 
he is writing with credibility. He is writing as an eyewitness. He was there with Jesus. He knows all about what was going on. It's not a biography. His book is not a biography like Luke is. We're doing a study in Luke right now in the Zoom Bible study, so uh, you're welcome to join us for those uh, every fourth Sunday as well um, because it's good to see the account of Luke's writing as a biography because that's exactly what it is. But John is not writing this as a biography, but it is a thematic presentation of Jesus' life. And so we need to see that as well, too. Um, Now, understand that back in the time when John was writing this, Many of the right the people who are part of John's audience have a Greek background, a Greek culture, encouraged worship of many mythological gods whose supernatural characteristics were as important to Greeks as genealogies were to Jews. These supernatural uh, mythical gods, okay? John shows that Jesus is not only different from but superior to these gods of mythology. We, so that's there's also the theme behind what he's re- writing as well, too. Remember, there's a lot of stuff that's being taught back then. A lot of it is about worshiping, frankly, false gods, gods who are non-existent. That, is, that was part of the culture back then. Uh, guess what? It's part of the culture today, everybody. Uh, we have a lot of false gods out there, people who are um, worshiping things that have nothing to do with it, if they're not outright worshiping Satan. Amen? Moloch, you know child sacrifice, all that stuff that we read about in, in the Bible, um, you better believe that stuff is happening today. So that's there's nothing, when, when Solomon says there's nothing new under the sun, he means it. It's exactly right. There's nothing new under the sun. And so that's, that's the thing to get a frowny face about, for those of you on <laughs> There's a lot of people that are, frankly, uh, worshiping Moloch. They're worshiping Satan today. And the thing that is really interesting is how, once it's revealed, people just seem to just keep uh, jumping on the bandwagon and going that route. Um, they're just going to kill, still keep worshiping. They don't really care about what God is doing. But John is trying to show us how Jesus is superior to any other God. They're all created. They're all figments of our imagination or they're created. Uh, Jesus is the creator, the uncreated creator. Amen? And so what does John mean by the Word? In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. A very, very good question to ask. The Word was a term that was used by theologians and philosophers, both Jews and Greeks, back at that time. And it was used in many different ways. In Hebrew scripture, for example, the Word was an agent of creation. An agent of creation. Turn your Bibles and electronic devices to Psalm 33. Let's take a look at Psalm 33, verse 6. It's a very quick mention, but we want to see what is really being said here. And actually, we're going to read down to verse 9. I, I wanted to catch uh, my lovely bride before she typed it all in. Psalm 33, verse uh, chapter, verse Psalm 33, verses 6 through 9. Um, had to. Pulled it out of my memory bank there to make sure. The word was an agent of creation. Look what it says in verse 6, Psalm 33. The Lord merely spoke and the heavens were created. He breathed the word and all the stars were born. Wow. Powerful statement, isn't it? He assigned the sea its boundaries and locked the oceans in vast reservoirs. 
Let the world, let the whole world fear the Lord and let everyone stand in awe of him. For when he spoke, the world began, it appeared at his command. That's the word. The word, the spoken word of God created the world. His words, spoken, did that. An agent of creation. Another thing that the word is, is the source of God's message to his people through the prophets. Um, Go to Hosea uh, 4. Hosea chapter 4. Hosea 4. I'm making you work this morning, aren't I? Uh, (laughs) Hosea 4. Verse 1. And, and this is something that we need to see here. This is, um, he was speaking through the prophets. And we know that because uh, we, in biblical inerrancy, we were having a conversation about how the spoken word of God was conveyed through the prophets um, and put down as indeed God's word. Hear the word of the Lord, O people of Israel. The Lord has brought charges against you, saying, There is no faithfulness, no kindness, no knowledge of God in your land. You know what? They can say that today. (laughs) There's a lot of people out here who are not following the Lord. No faithfulness. Remember I said we need to talk about love more. No kindness. No knowledge of God in your land. Without the knowledge that we need to have of the Lord, we'll perish as a people. We indeed will perish. And a lot of people just don't have a knowledge of God. Um, I dare say people will try to say that John the Baptist and, and John that we're studying about is the same person. But that's just a lack of knowledge. You just haven't been taught. We need to make sure that we understand that. And so God's word, this message is coming through his prophets as well too. He's trying to speak to us, everybody. Trying to teach us. Trying to give us what we need to know. We also know that in the word, God's law, it is his standard of holiness one more passage to look at, Psalm 119, Psalm 119, verse 11, Psalm 119, verse 11. God has a standard of holiness. This is a memory verse for everyone. You ready? <clears throat> Psalm 119, verse 11. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Plain and simple. That should be a memory verse for everyone. Everyone, every now and then I will mention that a suggestion for you to take as a memory verse. But why do I tell you these things? It's because God is trying to teach you. Plain and simple. He's trying to teach you. He's trying to give you something that you can hang on to. And typically when I say a memory verse, I'm I'm talking about relatively short verses that you can memorize and, and hang on to. Because we need to understand what the importance of the word is. The word is, is that it's for there for us to hang on to, to grasp on to, to hide it in our heart, which means basically we're just taking it in and we're just thinking about it more and more every day because we want to find the way to sin less and follow Jesus more faithfully. That's the whole purpose of this. That's what we're being taught here. The word teaches us and gives us what we need to sin less. That I might not sin against you. And it says might not because we know that might not means we're going to sin, right? But we want to sin less. We don't want to sin as though we're unbelievers. Amen? We should be sinning less than those who are unbelievers in Jesus. And that's what we're being taught to do. So I, I, I trust that you understand that. Do you understand that when, when you came to Christ, when you... I saw a question that came up 
about should there be a heart of repentance uh, for, you know, when you come to salvation in Jesus Christ? Should there be a heart of repentance? And I had to think about this long and hard. You can answer the question both ways and say yes and no, but my challenge to that is, oh, wait a minute. In order for you to recognize that you need a Savior, what did you have to do? You had to acknowledge what? You were sinful. And therefore, you had to need, you were in need of a Savior. You needed somebody to recognize and acknowledge you, acknowledge your sin. And that had to be Jesus. Amen? And so there has to be a heart of repentance in there somewhere. The desire to want to do better. The desire to take in that word in your heart and not sin against the Lord. Because you don't want to sin. When you're an unbeliever, you don't care. You do whatever you want to do. You act in any manner you want to. And what you do, you think is righteous when, in fact, it's just sin. Um, because you're just relying upon the flesh. But Jesus has to be the, the reason for a person to repent and want to turn from sin and acknowledge Jesus as Lord. So there has to be a heart of repentance. There has to be a heart of conciliation that you recognize that Jesus has to be the one to take over your life in that manner and provide you the healing, provide you the forgiveness necessary. That has to be your heart if you acknowledge Jesus as Lord. There has to be a desire in that area. So I think it's a, it can be a complicated question but because we can look at different verses that don't require. We, we, we have to recognize that Jesus is Lord, and that's really all we need to do and recognize that he's Lord of our lives, but I still say that you need to have a heart of repentance to recognize Jesus as Lord. Otherwise, you'll be your own God. Why would you need Jesus if you're your own God? As an unbeliever, guess what? You were your own God. You, were, you worshipped yourself. You lived for yourself. You did what you wanted to do. Nobody could tell you anything. And at the end of the day, you have to humble yourself before the Lord because the Lord is trying to give you instruction that's good for you that you do indeed have eternal life, and we have the faith in believing that he has the control over all of that. So faith is a requirement for a person to become a believer in Jesus Christ, faith that he indeed is Lord, faith that he is a person who can forgive your sins, and that's what we have to recognize. You have to have a heart of uh, the desire to reconcile all of those issues with God and take those the matters to him. Okay, I spent a little bit more time with that than I wanted to, but I wanted to make sure that we were aware of that um, going forward. Amen? That's just a teaching opportunity all the way around. And, of course, in Greek philosophy, just to be talking about the word again, getting back to that subject again, the word was the principle of reason that governed the word, governed the world, excuse me, or the thought still in the mind, while in Hebrew thought, the word was another expression of God. So, Philosophy talks about how the words that are spoken are how we govern ourselves in the world. But we take it one step further. Uh, the Hebrew took it one step further in saying, well, the word, that's the actual spoken word of God. That's what the word represents. So John, in his study, is talking specifically about how he is speaking of Jesus. And that's going to be later on next week when we get down into what the word represents when we get down to verse 14. We won't cover that now for the sake of time, but we'll get to it next time. But I just want you to understand that the ultimate word that we're referring to, he loved, John loved Jesus, but he also recognized at the same time he was the creator of the universe. Amen? 
the ultimate revelation of God, the living picture of God's holiness, the one who holds all creation together. Now look at one passage, Colossians 1, 17. Colossians 1, 17. This is referring again to Jesus, what he did and how he went about it. He says in Colossians, and Paul says in Colossians 1.17, he existed before anything else and he holds all creation together. And that statement in itself, very short sentence as well too. If you want to make that a memory verse, you can do that. It's a very short sentence. He existed before anything else and he holds all creation together. You ever have any questions about God being in charge remember we say god's in control how often do we say those words god is in control he holds all creation together how is it that we have a solar system how is that held together who is taking care of that how is it that we have rotating planets around the sun who's doing that who's taking care of that how is it that we have the sun itself to provide the perfect mixture of light um, for us to be able to function on this planet grow food do all the things that we do who holds it all together? God does. Amen? That's what we need to see here and understand. We, I, I hope you're not taking it for granted. Um, but all the, the, we're not accidents. We're all created by God. We're all here for a purpose and a reason. And we have a purpose to, frankly, glorify God. That is the primary purpose of our existence. We are here to glorify God. At the end of the day, we're here to minister to others as well, too. But he holds together all creation. Everything that he created, he holds it together. What an amazing thing to say about this earthly Jesus that we're talking about. Amen? But that's exactly what he does. So, now, it wasn't all a bed of roses because the Jews thought that to call uh, Jesus, say that he was God, was blasphemous. And the Greeks... Uh, of course, to Greek readers, the word became human was unthinkable because that, that's something that words that are spoken in midair uh, for that word to become human, that was also unthinkable. didn't make any sense to them either. But guess what? Worshiping in Jesus Christ, of course, doesn't make sense to the world because it, it's like folly. It's like a waste of time. We have faith that the Jesus that we worship is indeed the one that does hold all creation together did what he did on the cross for us we we have faith of that let's go back to verse john chapter 1 verse 3 we're on the home stretch here we're kind of running a little long but we're going to get this done today and we'll pick up next week where we have where we leave off god created everything through him and nothing was created except through him the word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. We need to understand that God created the whole universe. Nothing is too difficult for him. There are a lot of things difficult to us, amen? We, we, can't, we can't do a lot of things unless we have training or we have understanding of it. And, but, but there's nothing too difficult for God. When God created something from nothing, God created something from nothing. He's the only one that's ever done that. When we create something, we, we recognize that we have to have tools to get it done. We can't just say, poof, here's a painting. Or say, poof, here is this. <laughs> that word, poof. Uh, we, don't, we don't have that ability, and we're not magicians. 
we have to usually take, for example, even uh, when, you're, yeah, when you're doing a painting, you have to start with what? Paint. Where does the paint come from? Uh, if paint has to be made, it has to come from something else. It has, there's nothing that we, we have any power in as far as creating something from nothing. We can't do that. We always have to use something to portray something, okay? And, and so God is the only one who can create something from nothing. We are created beings. We're all created. We have no basis or no reason to be prideful for who we are because we didn't have anything to do with our existence. Amen? We have nothing to do with it. So we need to be very humble from the beginning when we look at where we came from and who we are. You exist only because God made you. That might be a good way to end this class today. We exist because God made you. Amen? God thought of you before you were even conceived. God knew about you before you were even born. And it's just a wonderful, amazing thing to behold. And you have the special gifts. You have the special personality because God gave it to you. God gave you your personality. God gave John a personality. The one we're talking about, the fiery John that had um, was very zealous for, for his faith. And, and that was important back in the day, too, because we needed people who were strong in their faith. Otherwise, they would just wilt like flowers um, against the opposition. We needed people who were strong in their faith. So that, that's a good attribute to have. But it just needs to be fine-tuned. Amen? And that's okay. And guess what? We are in the same boat. We, we have personalities that need to be fine-tuned as we go. With God, you are something valuable and unique. Apart from him, you're nothing. Amen? We are nothing without him. We need him. We rely upon him. And if you try to live without him, you're going to be abandoning the purpose for which you were made. You don't want to abandon the purpose for which you were made. Amen? You want to live for Jesus Christ. And I think it's important for us to see that we have a purpose in Jesus Christ. He loves us. He took the time to think of us and create us because of his love for us. May we always carry that with us. Any moment you get down, look upward. Look at your creator. God is indeed good. You're here for a reason and a purpose. And if we don't learn anything about... And remember, we just got through the first five verses. <laughs> the first five verses of the book of John. What, a, what an amazing study this is. He is a wonderful, glorious God. I can't praise him enough for the inspiration to even say these words. I mean, these are it's just a wonderful thing to behold. I, I pray that you recognize this going forward, that God loves you. We live in a world that tries to diminish love or takes love and changing it in, into something that it's not. Lust is not love, everybody. Love is something that is something that is heartfelt. It's something that's deep. The love that a father has for his daughter, the love that a mother has for her children, these are all things that we need to recognize. This is the love that it's heartfelt. You care about those people. You protect them. You love them. You nurture them. You take care of them. You shield them from harm. That's the kind of love that you always want to portray uh, in the world today. And love, love each other. Love one another uh, as Jesus has taught us to love. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time that you've given to us to just study your word. We pray now, Lord, that you bless us and give us this greater understanding of how much you love us. We just want to give you praise and thanks, Lord, for your teaching, for what you're trying to tell us. We are not accidents. We are intentional because you intentionally created us because of your love for us. 
may we serve you, Lord, in such a manner where we convey that love to others as well, too. Bless us and keep us now, Lord, and we give you praise and thanks. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining me today. What a wonderful study this is going to be. I hope that you enjoy it. I'm enjoying it right now myself. I'm just lit up all inside (laughs) because it's just fantastic. Um, Please uh, stay online also for Pastor Gus's message that will be following on the timeline here on the Akron Alliance Fellowship Facebook page. We appreciate all of you for being here today. We will pick up with John uh, chapter 1 once again next week. We appreciate you being here. Take care of yourselves, and we will see you. Oh, and make sure that you join us for the concert uh, later today at 5 o'clock. Thanks for being here, and we'll see you next time.